to get started tonight. Uh, Colossians chapter number 4 and verse number 2. Colossians 4 and verse 2 says, Continue in prayer and watch the same with thanksgiving. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for um, all that uh, we've already um, enjoyed in this service, the music, um, just even the creation moment and hearing these children share these verses. Uh, We thank you for all that you've done in our hearts. But Lord, now as we look into your word, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and help us to um, be good listeners, be good hearers, but then to live out what we hear uh, to go from this place a changed. And uh, Lord, I thank you for all that are here today and all that are watching online. I just pray, Lord, that you would uh, use this time to draw us closer to you. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. <clears throat> so this morning, uh, we started this message called Continue. And tonight, we're going to continue the message on Continue. And uh, that is the worst joke known to man, Uh, but I did need to throw it in here (laughs) for my sake. Uh, But we've already seen this morning how the Lord is and will continue to be faithful no matter what happens and whatever circumstances go on around us. God is faithful, and, uh, and as a result of that, though, He desires that you and I would be faithful as well despite the circumstances that go on around us. That uh, God would, that we would uh, be, as um, Corinthians says, as good stewards, that a man be found faithful. And so uh, that was the encouragement this morning. We looked also at two areas in which God wants us to continue in, to be faithful in. Uh, first of all, we looked at the fact that God wants us to continue in the Word of God. And if we do that, then uh, we are His disciples indeed, and uh, then We'll know the truth, and the truth will uh, make us free. And so we looked at uh, continuing in the Word of God, having a time every day where we're in God's Word, where we're growing in the knowledge of the Word of God, we're learning it, we're applying it to our life, we're thinking about it, we're lingering on it. And then most of all, that we're doing it, that we're living it out. It's not just uh, a bunch of head knowledge, but we're living it out in our lives. It's uh, part of who we are. And then we also talked about, secondly, this morning, that God wants us to continue in the house of God. And uh, the fact that the the importance of being faithful and the importance of having the right focus when we come to church, that we're not in it just for, you know, hey, I want everybody to serve me and meet my needs, but that I'm here to be a blessing, that I'm here to serve others and look for ways to serve, look for ways to contribute. Uh, Remember, we talked about uh, John F. Kennedy, who said, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. And, uh, and then I changed it to ask not what, you're, uh, what the church can do for you, but ask what you can do for the church. That's the mentality we're to have as we go to church. And we also talked about the fact is the, the Lord is coming back. The day is approaching. The day of the Lord is approaching. And so we need to be more faithful so much the more as we see that day approaching. And so we looked at that this morning and encouraged us along those lines. And, and so uh, tonight we're going hit to a, hit, a, hit a few more. And so let's go ahead and jump in and look at them this evening. So first of all, tonight, we need to continue. God wants us to continue in prayer to God. And uh, our text says that here in verse 2, continue in prayer. 
and watching the same with thanksgiving. There's a couple other verses that uh, encourage us along these lines to continue in prayer to God and uh, to not give up on our prayer life, but to continue praying. Uh, And again, no matter what circumstances are going on around us, to be faithful in our prayers. Romans 12.12 is is a key verse. And uh, Paul here writing to the church at Rome, he says, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. So we are to continue instant in prayer and, and, and not just, you know, well, I prayed once and uh, God, God didn't, you know, seem to answer that request, so I'm going to give up. No, continuing instant in prayer. Ephesians 6.18 is another reference. Uh, here is he's going through the different uh, parts of the armor of God. Remember, we're told to put on the whole armor of God, not just a part of it. But uh, the whole armor of God, and then he gets to the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. But then the next verse, Ephesians 6.18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Uh, to the Thessalonians, Paul said this in First uh, Thessalonians 5.17, and it's, Three words. Does anybody happen to know what that might be? Pray without ceasing. Um, this is the encouragement to pray without ceasing. Now, that doesn't mean, I mean, right now, I mean, I kind of need to focus on saying what I'm saying, and I'm not really praying per se. Uh, it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, don't talk to me, I'm praying. Uh, and uh, that, for the rest of my life, that's what I'm going to, you know, I'm going to spend the rest of my life in prayer. That's not necessarily like an, a literal uh, meaning here. The idea is that, you know, like my wife and I, we're not right this moment having a conversation, but, but after church, we're going to kind of pick up where we left off, right? And uh, we're going to continue on our, our conversation. Uh, a marriage would not be very good if we never communicated or if there was a long period of time without us talking. That, that wouldn't be a great marriage. And, and same thing in our relationship with God. We just need to keep the conversation going with the Lord. He's there. He's not going to leave you or forsake you. And so really it's on us to uh, continue on with that prayer, prayer life. Uh, so, uh, you know, we are encouraged to pray without ceasing, ceasing and continuing in prayer. Luke 18 and verse number 1. Uh, Jesus here, he spake a parable unto them. To this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. So we're to continue in prayer to God. When asked how much time uh, George Mueller spent in prayer every day, uh, Paul, or his reply was, well, I spend hours every day. I live in the spirit of prayer. I pray as I walk and when I lie down and when I arise. And the answers are always coming. And George Mueller had an incredible prayer life. Uh, He wasn't anybody special and he would admit that. But uh, God did answer a lot of his prayers in pretty remarkable ways. Um, And because he was a man of prayer, he was a man who continued in prayer to God. And so the encouragement for us is not to quit praying, to keep it going. Uh, Go ahead and turn, if you would, to Luke chapter 11. I do want to show you this passage that teaches us this. Luke chapter number 11. And verses 5 through 10 uh, gives us an encouragement here to be continuing in prayer to God. 
And again, when the first time uh, the Lord doesn't answer, he, he wants us to keep coming back to him on a regular basis. Uh, verse number five says this, and these are again the words of Jesus. Uh, well, actually, if you back up to verse number one, the disciples asked the Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And then he goes through the Lord's Prayer there in verses 2 through 4. Then we get to verse 5, and he, he says this, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, my children are with me in bed, I cannot rise and give thee. But I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened." And so the, the, the idea here is that somebody comes and visits me uh, in the middle of the night, and I'm like, man, I, I need to give somebody bread. I'm going to go over to uh, Brother Blake's house and knock on his door and say, hey, you got, any, you got any food in there? And he's like, do you realize what time it is, Pastor? I mean, go to bed. <laughs> it's, it's night-night time. <laughs> it's not let's go knock on people's door time. And, uh, and I, but I keep knocking. And I keep knocking, and finally he's like, the only way I'm going to get Pastor to leave is if I give him some food. So, Kalen, I guess I better get up and give this guy some food. So he does that. And uh, this is what the, he's teaching us regarding prayer here is don't quit. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep knocking on the heaven's door and saying, Lord, please answer this prayer. Uh, continue in prayer to God. William uh, Colbertson said this, keep praying. But be thankful that God's answers are wiser than your prayers. Um, and I'm glad for that truth because uh, many times the Lord doesn't answer the prayer that I want him or the way I want him to. And yet uh, God's wiser than me and his ways are not my ways. And as higher as the uh, heaven is above the earth, so are his ways above our ways and his thoughts above our thoughts. And so, but keep praying, but just know that, hey, God's answers are wiser than your prayers. Do you have people that you're praying for, uh, people to be saved, people to get right with God, uh, people to be healed? Uh, keep praying. Don't quit. Don't stop. George Mueller wrote this, uh, and I, we mentioned him already, but uh, in November 1844, uh, George said, I began to pray for the conversion of five different individuals. He said, I prayed every day without a single intermission. So every day he prayed for these five people to come to Christ. He said, uh, I prayed every day without a single intermission, whether sick or in health, on the land, on the sea, and whatever the pressure of my engagements might be. He just said, I prayed every day, like literally every day. Eighteen months elapsed before the first of the five was converted. So he prayed for a year and a half before the first one was saved. And he says, I thanked God and prayed on for the others. And then five years elapsed, and then the second one was converted. I thank God for the second and prayed on for the other three. Day by day, I continue to pray for them. And six years passed before the third person was converted. I thanked God for these three, went on praying for the other two. 
and these two remained unconverted. 36 years later, he wrote that the other two, sons of one of Mueller's friends, were still not converted. He wrote, but I hope in God and pray on and look for the answer. They are not converted yet, but they will be. And in 1897, 52 years after he began to pray daily without interruption for these two men, they were finally converted. But it was after George Mueller passed away, went on to glory, they were converted. So if you're praying for someone, don't quit. Continue in prayer to God. Continue in prayer to God. Secondly, we see tonight we need to continue in the faith of God. Continue in the faith of God. And this is found in Colossians chapter number 1 and verse 23. Colossians 1, 23. It says this, If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved, Away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Now, what does the word the faith mean? Or what do the words faith mean if you continue in the faith? Uh, well, there's two meanings here, of course, as we talk about the faith. Uh, of course, one is living by faith and trust in the Lord. And we've been talking about that as we went through our Christmas series fear not. Uh, the other means the truth of the gospel by the, the set of beliefs that we have as believers, the faith. Jude 3 refers to this as he, Jude encouraged the believers there to earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And we really need to continue. Which one, which one do we need to continue in? Well, we need to continue in both, right? We need to continue trusting God and living by faith. And then we also need to continue in faithfulness to the truth, that we stay grounded, that we, that we don't quit our belief, and that we stay faithful to the truth. As I think about the Apostle Paul who wrote the book of Colossians, uh, here was a man who was resolute in his desire to stay faithful, to continue in the faith of God. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 24, a very familiar uh, verse he said, but none of these things move me. He said, yeah, there's a lot of things going around. There's a lot of affliction and suffering happening, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. He said, try what you might. I ain't quitting. I'm going to stay faithful. None of these things move me. And here was a man who knew what it was like to experience all kinds of trials, tribulations, afflictions. I mean, he was imprisoned. He was stoned. He was uh, left for dead. He was shipwrecked. I mean, the list went on and on. And, and, and multiple times did he experience some of these trials. And yet, and it wasn't because he was a bad guy. It was because he was trying to uh, preach the gospel and to fulfill the ministry which God had given him. And that included going through some really difficult times. And yet he was willing to stay faithful through it all. Now again, I mentioned this morning, I hope that the circumstances of 2021 are perfect for everybody. But that's an unrealistic hope, isn't it? 2021 is not going to be a perfect year for anyone. 
There's going to be trials and tribulations that are going to come into all of our lives. Well, are you going to quit when the first trial comes? Oh, I didn't deserve this. I've been reading the Bible like Pastor told me to and uh, every day, and, and then I got this trial that came into my life. It's not fair. I'm giving up the Bible reading. That sure isn't working. Well, what's it going to take to stop you? Paul said, I'm not going to quit. None of these things move me. What will move you? What will cause you to stop in your tracks and say, you know what, this whole Christianity thing, you know, I'm, I'm done. Like, it's over. What's it going to take to stop you? Paul ended up staying true to his desire in Acts chapter 20. If you go over to 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4, we'll do a little bit of turning uh, tonight. It's always good to hear pages of scripture turning in a church. That's a beautiful sound. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. So everybody goes like this. Just kidding. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4. He says this to, to Timothy in verse number 5. He said, Watch thou in all things. He says, I want you to endure afflictions. He said, you're going to experience some afflictions along the way, my friend, as you go into the ministry. As you serve the Lord, you're going to deal with some afflictions. Endure those. Stay with it. Don't quit. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. And then he, he gives a personal uh, testimony here in verse number 6. He says, for I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. And no, he wasn't at the airport going, I'm, they're boarding the plane right now. He was referring to the fact that he knew he, his days were very numbered and he was imprisoned at this time and, and uh, he ended up being beheaded after, soon after he wrote the book of 2 Timothy. This was the last book that he wrote before his death, before his martyrdom. And uh, he knew that his days were, uh, the day of his departure was, was nigh, was coming soon. Then here's his testimony in verse number 7. I have fought a good fight, I've finished my course, and I've kept the faith. In other words, Paul continued in the faith of God till the very end. He made it to the finish line knowing that he had been faithful, that he didn't quit, that he didn't give up, even though it got tough. And then verse 8 he says, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me at that day, not to me only, though, but unto all them also that love his appearing. And then he says in verse number 9, Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for, in verse 10, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. And so you see the contrast here between the Apostle Paul and his co-labor in the ministry, Demas. Demas was uh, basically one of Paul's assistants in the ministry and the mission work that he was doing. Paul stayed faithful, but then he lamented a few verses later that Demas didn't stay faithful. He left the faith, or he had forsaken uh, forsaken the, the work of God because he loved this present world. Uh, what was it for Demas that caused him to leave the ministry? Well, the love of the world. 
What will cause you to leave, uh, to leave church, to, to, to forsake Christianity, or f- to fall away? What will it take for you? Will it be the love of the world? Will it be um, someone hurting you within the church? What will it take to stop you? Don't quit. An encouragement this evening is to continue in the faith. Don't be a Demas. Be an Apostle Paul who finishes your course, who keeps the faith and continues in the faith. So we are encouraged tonight to continue in prayer to God, but then we're also encouraged to continue in the faith of God. Thirdly, we're also encouraged to continue in love for others. We're encouraged to continue in love for others. And uh, as we go into uh, a potentially scary time for Christians in America, we're going to need love. We're going to need to love one another. Uh, we're going to need to encourage one another and have each other's backs. Uh, John chapter fifteen is where uh, the first, the first uh, verse here in many verses that I'll be sharing under this thought. John 15 and verse number 9 says, As the the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. Continue ye in my love. And then later he says in verse 17 of that same chapter, These things I command you that ye love one another. Uh, 1 John 4.21 says, And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God, we all would say, you know, if I were to go around the room and say, you know, or, hey, raise your hand if you love God. I think probably all of us would raise our hand. You know, I love God. Well, this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God, love his brother also. So those of us who would testify, oh, I love the Lord, well, now we're also then commanded to love our brother also. And Hebrews 13.1, and here's kind of the key verse of this thought of continuing love for others. Uh, Hebrews 13.1, let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. Let's stay faithful in our love for one another. Continue to love others. Paul did. To the church at uh, Corinth, he wrote this in 2 Corinthians 12.15. He said, and I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. He says, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. That's a sad thought. Here was an apostle, a man who uh, invested his whole life into people and trying to get the gospel to them, trying to get them to grow in the grace of God and in in their faith. And he invested and he gave so much. He said, I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. And then he said, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. The more I invest, the, le- the more you stab me in the back. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and he got stabbed in the back, I'm sure. But you know what his response was? He continued to love. He continued to invest in people. He, he didn't get jaded. He didn't get cynical. He didn't get suspicious. He just simply continued to love. Perhaps there may be some here today who have been hurt. And I understand. But continue to love. Let's follow the example of the Apostle Paul. Ultimately, let's follow the example of Jesus. And he continued to love us 
when we were sinners, when we were not just sinners, the Bible calls us, we were his enemies, and he loved us, and he uh, went to great lengths to show us how much he loved us by dying on the cross for us. Even when we were enemies, even when we threw our fist up to heaven and say, I don't want you in my life. I don't, I don't want your, 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 your guidance in my life. I don't want your authority in my life. Jesus still said, I love you. Um, and we're going to have those times where uh, people aren't going to respond well to our love, but let's love anyway. 1 John chapter 3 and uh, we talked about this in our Sunday school class this morning. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16. Most of us are familiar with John 3.16, but 1 John 3.16 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. You see, I think there could be a time, we talked about this in our Sunday school class again, like I said, there could be a time in our lifetime where we may need to do that for uh, one another here in America. I don't, I don't want it to happen, but I think it's definitely uh, possible, as we have seen this last year transpire, it's definitely possible that we could come to a point where there is persecution to where we would, want, we, we would have the opportunity to lay down our lives for one another. Hey, if God was willing to do that for us, John said, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. He goes on to say, but whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? And then he goes on to say, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. See, love is more than a feeling and emotion. It's an action word. And John is saying, if you, have, uh, if you have the ability to be a blessing to those around you materialistically, and uh, you kind of shut up your, your bowels of compassion, you, you kind of say, no, no, it's mine, and you hoard it for yourself, does the love of God really dwell in you? Is the question he's asking. And so he says, look, let's not love in word and neither in tongue. I mean, it's easy to say, I mean, talk is cheap. And so let's... Love in deed and in truth, in action. So let's find ways to love one another this week and to love others. By the way, one of the greatest ways to show someone that you love them is to share the gospel with them. To give them the answer for their very most important need. And uh, if we say we love our coworkers and we don't ever invite them to church, don't ever give them the gospel, don't ever uh, give them a gospel tract to tell them how they can be saved. We say we love our neighbors, but do we share the most important truth with them? I want to encourage us as we go into this year to continue in our love for one another. But then fourthly, uh, tonight as we kind of wrap this up, uh, this one is a do not continue. This is a discontinue one. And uh, do not continue in sin. Do not continue in sin. Uh, and we find this in Romans chapter number one, if you would turn over there. Romans chapter, I'm sorry, Romans chapter six. Romans chapter six. As you're turning there, Romans chapter five ends with where sin abounded, 
Grace did much more abound, and I am thankful for that truth. And then he says, as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. And as he writes that, he anticipates the question that's coming from his readers. And so in verse number one of chapter six, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Like if we continue to sin and, and do worse things, then, then grace is going to abound, and that's a good thing, right? And he answers the question in verse 2, God forbid, absolutely not. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Verse number 15 uh, mentions this, what, shall we, what, what then, shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. So... There is one thing we absolutely need to discontinue in 2021, and that is sin. 2020 was a year where things got canceled. Events got canceled. Plans were canceled. A lot of our church events were canceled. Uh, Faith was asking uh, today, she said, Daddy, did the Rose Parade happen this year? Did we miss it? And I said, nope. It got canceled. <laughs> Things got canceled. Products were canceled because of their so-called offensive names. Remember Aunt Jemima, pancake syrup and mix? Well, that was canceled. The Eskimo pies, canceled. Uncle Ben's rice, canceled. The Washington Redskins name, canceled. And now they have a very creative team name, the Washington football team. <laughs> that took them a lot of time to put that together. Things got canceled. Well, unfortunately, not everything was canceled last year. In 2020, we saw the usage of alcohol actually increase. The consumption of inappropriate online content, and I'll let you decide what that is, rose significantly in 2020 because of the shutdown, and there's more time at home and uh, more uh, just, not, there, you can't do anything. So what are we going to do? Well, because we have sinful hearts, we go to sin. Now, these are just, of course, a couple of, uh, of things. See, for many in 2020, sin did not get canceled. A lot of everything else got canceled, but sin continued. Now, they continued it, and for some, actually, uh, their sin increased in 2020. And yet, as believers, God's desire is that we would discontinue sin in our, in our lives. Because, as Paul says here in verse number 2, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? As believers, we're dead to sin. We had a funeral this evening, and we had a, uh, a casket here that was open, and you were to try to, you know, you know put a can of beer in front of him. You think he's going to take it and drink it? No, because he's dead. You, you, you tempt him with any number of sins, he's not going to bite. Why? Because he's dead. And you and I as believers uh, are dead to sin, and we need to remember that we are. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 1 tells us to lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let's get rid of it. Let's drop it like a bad habit. Because most sins are bad habits. 
How can we do this? How can we uh, not continue or discontinue sin in our lives? We can do this first by memorizing the scriptures. Having the word of God in our heart helps us to avoid temptation and to avoid falling into sin. Verse number 11 of Psalm 119 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. And one of the reasons the psalmist said, the reason I've put the word of God in my heart and memorized it and, uh, and, and bring it to my mind is so that I wouldn't sin against the Lord. And remember it was Jesus in the, in the wilderness after being tempted 40, or fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was tempted by uh, Satan. And uh, three times, three different temptations came from Satan to Jesus. And each time, Jesus shot down those temptations with the words, it is written. You see, Jesus had the scripture in his mind and in his heart, and that's how he was able to defeat the temptations of the devil. And that is, by the way, how you and I are going to defeat the temptations of the devil that come into our lives. And so if we're going to discontinue sin in our lives, we've got to have the word of God in our heart. That's one reason why we are trying to encourage scripture memory with the children and with our whole church family as we go through each month. So we can do this by memorizing the scriptures. We can also do this by obeying the scriptures. In uh, verse number 9 of Psalm 119, the psalmist said, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. One way to uh, get rid of sin is by obeying the word of God and getting in God's word and knowing what it says and then obeying it. And it, it has a cleansing effect in our life. And also, another way we can do this is by uh, memorizing scriptures, by obeying the scriptures, and also by setting up guardrails in our life. Romans 13 and verse number 14 says, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh, to fulfill the lust thereof. Find ways to avoid temptation. You know, when it comes to the internet and uh, devices, have some filters, and we've talked about that multiple times here uh, with different options, and there's a lot of different options for that. Uh, don't think that, oh, I don't need that. Wherefore, he that thinketh he standeth better take heed, lest you fall. You think you're going to stand, and you think, oh, I don't need that, I'm beyond that, I've, uh, be careful, there's a big rock you're about to trip over. Um, so, uh, find some things in your, look in your life and, and set up some guardrails, set up some uh, ways that you can not make provision for the flesh. Uh, if your Bible's still open to Romans 6, if you want to just jump over to Romans 7 here, the next chapter. There is admittedly a struggle as believers when it comes to temptation. Admittedly, so much so that Paul, the great apostle, admitted it in chapter 7. And he showed us how human he really was. And sometimes you get the impression of Paul that he was Mr. Perfect. And, and uh, in Romans 7, he's like, actually, I'm the furthest thing from it. And uh, he admitted also that he was the chief of sinners, right? And uh, he, he knew he wasn't perfect. He, he had humility. And, and uh, one of the ways that God brought humility in his life is through that thorn in the flesh that he asked three different times for it to be removed. And God said, no, you need it in your life so that you don't get exalted above measure. 
But in chapter 7, he also admitted the spiritual struggle that he dealt with and that we can all relate to. In uh, verse number, uh, let's see, let's, verse number uh, 14 of chapter 7, he says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. And then he says, For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, unfortunately, that I do, or that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent to the law that it is good. Now that it is no more than I, more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. And by the way, Romans 7 is the greatest tongue twister in, in, in the Bible. Um, verse 18, For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, for the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. And, and, and don't you find that in your own life? You, you want to try to do right, you know. You know, tomorrow morning you're going to wake up going, okay, going to read my Bible today, you know, I'm going to try to get through the Bible in 2021, and, uh, you know, I'm going to try to do what's right, and then, uh, and then you just don't really feel like it, actually. <laughs> you open the Bible up, and you're like, boy, this is kind of boring. I don't really understand anything that's in here, what I'm reading. Uh, this, is for the, this is for the birds. I'm out of here. I'm going to go check the news, because I can understand that. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that battle that goes on in all of our hearts is something that we can all relate to. I continue on reading here in verse 22. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity the law of sin which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am. He kind of is discouraged at this point. He's like, you know what? I'm just horrible. I'm a wretched man. And then he asks the question, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And then he answers the question with this in verse 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, the Lord Jesus can uh, help us grow and mature in this area and to where we can get some victory over some of the sin that has beset us so much in our life. And so I understand there is a struggle, but that does not mean that now there's an excuse to sin. Just because it's difficult, just because we all struggle with the temptation, doesn't mean that we kind of chalk that up, well, everybody struggles with this, therefore I'm off the hook. No, we're, 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 we're supposed to discontinue sin as time goes on. We're supposed to lay it aside and not continue carrying it around. So what sins do you need to discontinue in 2021? What sins do you need to cancel in your life? to remove from your life. I mean, these Eskimo pies, uh, Uncle Ben's rice, removed from the shelves because they were offensive to some people. Well, guess what? Guess who your sin is offensive to? God. And he wants to remove it from your life. And we can do that by having the right relationship with the word of God and also by setting up some guardrails in each of our lives regarding all of this. So, uh, tonight we've seen several areas, well, today we've seen several areas we as God's people should continue in. We should continue in the Word of God. We should continue in the house of God. 
should continue in prayer to God. We're to continue in the faith of God. We're to continue in our love for others, but we are also to discontinue sin in our lives. And uh, as we go into this year, let's uh, respond to God's faithfulness by being faithful ourselves, which is the whole idea. Um, Great is His faithfulness, but He wants us then to emulate that. Now, we're not going to be perfect, obviously. No one's going to be 100% perfect in our faithfulness, but He does want us to grow as time goes on in our faithfulness to Him.